the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. Dolphins watched 27 teams have fun on day one of the 2023 NFL Draft. In fact, Houston, Seattle, Philadelphia, and Detroit thought the first round was so nice that they'd pick twice. Meanwhile, the Dolphins had to wait until day two to join in on the fun, along with Cleveland, San Francisco, Denver, and the LA Rams. When the Dolphins did join in, they selected cornerback Cam Smith of South Carolina with the 51st pick. Following Smith, they only had three more picks, and they stood pat selecting at the spots for which they were assigned with no trades or deals. How do these four pieces fit in with the Dolphins? And will any of them have an immediate impact? To help answer these questions and more, I welcome back Hal Habib, longtime Dolphins columnist and reporter for the Palm Beach Post. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. It was a fairly uneventful draft for the Miami Dolphins, but after picking up Jalen Ramsey during the offseason, Bradley Chubb late last season, and Tyreek Hill prior to the 2022 season, the Dolphins have been doing pretty good in upgrading their roster. Let's bring in Hal Habib to tell us how they did in this year's draft. Hal, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tim. Absolutely. So before we start breaking down individual picks, Hal, let's take a look at the totality. With only four draft picks, how did you grade what the Dolphins did here in the 2023 draft? I uh, tend to look at it, like you just said, in totality. And if I were to tell you that the Dolphins came out of this draft with two guys who were going to make the Pro Bowl and uh, two of their top three picks actually making the Pro Bowl, you would say that's pretty good. Well, you know, they they came out of this the way I look at it with Jalen Ramsey and Bradley Chubb because those picks were part of what they're doing this year. And so uh, when you look at it that way and, and the fact that obviously they lost the first rounder, the tampering, um, there's there's some things to like about it. I mean, um, Chubb definitely has to team up with Jalen Phillips to be the force on the outside that Miami hopes. Uh, Jalen Ramsey needs to be the Jalen Ramsey that we all picture when we hear his name, as does Xavier Howard on the other corner, for that matter. But if things go according to plan, there's a lot to like. All right. Well, you know, were you surprised that, you know, they had four picks, they went in with those four picks, and they took those four picks? Uh, you know, there was a lot of wheeling and dealing in this draft, especially in the state of Florida, if you look what the Jags and the Bucks did. But no movement here with the Dolphins. You know, I had heard maybe they may trade Cedric Wilson and try and get some picks that way. So were you surprised that there were no moves done during the draft? Um, as far as during the draft itself, probably not. I was braced for any moves they may make simply because Chris Greer loves to trade draft picks. But, um, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of capital to bargain with. And so 
I remember one of the days uh, when we met with Greer after everything was said and done, we asked him something like, you know, were you close at any point to making a deal? And he kind of laughed and said, yeah, my phone wasn't ringing because, you know, the Dolphins didn't have anything that, that other teams wanted, uh, not with only four picks. So when you look at it that way, nah, um, they they came in with four and they made four and, you know, on to next year. Yep. Well, they sat there and they watched 50 picks come off the board before finally selecting at 51. And there they took Cam Smith of South Carolina and, you know, going defense with that pick. So was this one of the players you had heard mentioned as a possibility before uh, the draft? Because, you know, obviously it's hard to predict who's going to fall all the way down into the 50s. But, you know, was this a name you had heard? And what did you think when they made this pick? No, it wasn't really a name I'd heard much about. Um, It's funny because um, I think that any of the beat writers, when they're getting ready for a draft, um it it, there's a a sense of pride if the team you cover winds up picking a guy you focused on before the draft it's almost like you you hit a bullseye on the dartboard and i was really determined this year to be able to say okay this is a guy i targeted and i was right and um i i focused heavily on tight ends i thought that their first pick would be a tight end and uh, when you factor in that this was a good tight end class and a deep tight end class, I thought that at 51, it made a whole lot of sense any way you looked at it. And so when they went cornerback after just trading for a cornerback, no, nah, I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at even some of the, the national uh, mock drafts, you know, done by Kuiper and some of those other guys, they'll get maybe five or six right in the first round. And I haven't seen where they've placed this year, but I mean, geez, everybody was making moves everywhere. So it would be interesting to see there. But, um, you know, when it came to the third round, looking at now number 84, you know, the Dolphins did something uncharacteristic for their franchise. They drafted a running back. So in this case, it's a name many fans knew because Devin A-Chain of Texas A&M, you know, he was on the TV screens a lot this year. Jimbo Fisher gets a lot of national play. And A-Chain had 1,100 yards last year, eight rushing touchdowns, and, you know, three receiving touchdowns. So were you surprised to actually see the Dolphins do something they rarely ever do, and that was draft a running back? And uh, do you like what he adds to the team? Well, anytime Miami drafts a running back, that's a surprise. Um, and if you look at their history, um, there have been a number of times that they've, uh, going back over several years where when they have drafted a running back, it hasn't always panned out the way they'd like, or if it has panned out, it's only like a one hit wonder type thing. Uh, you know, you think about guys going way back, JJ Johnson and Kalen Balazs and you could go on and on where where guys just didn't pan out. Um, as far as A-Chain goes, I'm really intrigued by what this guy can do, and I'm eager to see if what he did on the college level transfers over to the NFL level. He made a lot of guys miss. I love the way he can make cuts just on a dime, and not only that, a lot of runs – where he'll make a second cut, a third cut even. I don't know if he can get away with that on the NFL level, 
But when you look at his 4-3-2 speed and, and his elusiveness and all, um, it's going to be really interesting this summer, uh, starting with training camp, really, to see what this guy can do when he's going against, you know, guys like Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and, you know, Jerome Baker all the way down the line. Um, that'll give us a first glimpse on just how good this guy is. Yeah, I mean, look, he had to last year play against Miami, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Auburn, LSU. So, you know, definitely uh, that that's as close as to becoming NFL ready, certainly, as you can get, especially as a running back. And, you know, when you look at the depth, depth chart on Miami, you know, their first running back is Raheem Mostert. He didn't light up the world last year, 891 yards, which is barely over 50 a game and just three rushing touchdowns. Backup Jeff Wilson, you know, he did half the season in San Francisco, half in Miami. He had three rushing touchdowns for the Dolphins. So can A-Chain have an immediate impact or maybe move ahead of one of those two, if not both? Or do you see him mainly as a rotational running back this year? Well, the safe answer there is rotational because those other two guys have a lot of experience and they're quality backs. You know, there's a lot to like, I think, with Wilson and how determined he is as a runner. Mostert, his ability to uh, just look at Mostert's uh, average yards per carry. You know, it's very impressive. Uh, So when you put that together, yeah, it it does make sense to say that he'll be uh, learning this year, rotational, all of that. But, you know, the Dolphins are going to go with who's hot. And if A-Chain comes out and starts lighting it up, right off the bat, he's going to get a chance to uh, show if he can keep it up and and that he can be uh, sort of capable of carrying a workload, which is right now a question, especially given his size. Yeah, well, you know, when it comes to speed, though, A-Chain is insane. All right, I I was quoting Dr. Seuss on a different podcast, so i got to get that out of my head. But he put up a 4.32 40-yard dash at the Combine. Now, for reference, Tyreek Hill had 4.29. Mostert had 4.32 as well. And Jalen Waddell had 4.37. So the speed is just crazy there. But when it comes to running back, you know, uh, does does the speed like that matter as much or is it better to be that Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, like Goliath type running back? Because uh, sometimes speed isn't always the best thing, you know, if you're if you're not getting, you know, to your corners or breaking through a line or something. So how do you see that with the quickness and how that will work out there in Miami? Because those guys are fast. Well, um, there's never anything wrong with having Derrick Henry carrying the ball for you. That's for sure. <laughs> but but. Um, you know, at the same time, if you have someone who can hit the edge and if you have this is a, a key part right here. If you have a line who can set the edge, then, um, yeah, you know, the the whole wide zone system uh, is is designed to let running backs pick their holes and get outside all that good stuff. And uh, at least at A&M, A-Chain was doing that really well. There were plenty of runs where he was uh, patient enough to pick the right hole. It seems to make some really good decisions. And so uh, 
not only is he is he fast like you mentioned Tim, but I think he's also quick. And you put those two things together, and if you're say an outside linebacker, you know you're not really thrilled with what, what you got to face. Nope, nope. And so this will be fun to watch because it's really been a while since uh you know since the the Dolphins have had you know any type of real superstar running back, but they've always kind of used that rotational system, and so we'll see how this works out. But let's move on to the next pick. So they have a sixth round pick with their third pick, and they continue on offense. They choose Elijah Higgins, who's listed as a wide receiver and tight end out of Stanford. Now, he's listed as both. I imagine he'll play tight end because, like you said, you were expecting them to go there. He's six foot three, so he's not quite as tall as, like, you know, your 6'5", Travis Kelsey type, you know, 234 pounds, which is a decent size. So, you know, he can certainly play either position. Where do you see him fitting in? And uh, how much do you think we'll actually see him? Because six-round picks usually aren't guys that we see a ton of, especially in the first year. Um, well, you know, I'll start out. You mentioned his size. And um, let me throw out two numbers for you, Tim. 6'6", 247. That's where Mike Kosicki was listed. So if you're concerned about size at tight end, you know, Mike Kosicki was was bigger. Now, we know that Gasicki was not the world's best blocker, and that's why he's no longer a Dolphin. Um, then again, you know, he's going to be coming in, and he's he's going to be starting almost from scratch, learning the tight end position. I'm not expecting a whole lot out of his first year, really. I think it's going to be a learning year. I think the Dolphins are going to be leaning that much more on Durham Smythe at tight end. You know, uh, Durham didn't get nearly the attention that Kosicki did because Durham is more of a blocking tight end, and yet he actually played more and started more than Mike did when their two careers overlapped in Miami. All right. So then finally, with their seventh-round pick, the 238th pick in the draft, the Dolphins go with Ryan Hayes, an offensive tackle from Michigan. Now he's huge at six foot seven, but at three hundred five pounds, I'm sure they'd like to see him put on fifteen, twenty more pounds, which on that frame shouldn't be too hard. But you know, again, usually a seventh round guy might make the practice squad, but in this case, with so few picks and the need of offensive linemen, do you think he could come in and contribute this year? Yeah, I do. Um, I think the key there is what you mentioned about the need. Uh, there are a lot of candidates on this roster at guard and tackle. Are there sure things? Um, there are only a few of those, really. Right now, the Dolphins are going in, uh, relying heavily on Austin Jackson at tackle and Liam Eikenberg at guard. They're confident those guys can get it done. But are they sure those guys can get it done? I don't think anybody is. Uh, their track record doesn't really lend a whole lot toward saying, yeah, these are definitely the guys. Um, there's a lot of improvement that needs to be done there. So uh, that's where, you know, the draft picks and uh, also the unsigned guys could uh, have an open door toward, you know, maybe making the roster contributing. Uh, it's interesting that he comes from Michigan and there were uh, there was talk in recent uh, weeks that uh, Taylor Lewan had 
maybe been interested in joining the Dolphins. Um, I don't know that the Dolphins are as interested in him or what's going to happen there. I don't think he'll wind up here, but he comes from Michigan as well. So uh, they went from one Michigan guy to another, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, and, you know, so looking at the four draft picks then, you know, maybe some of them will contribute a lot. Maybe some of them won't. If you were to look at those four, you know, do you see one who you think this person may do a little bit more than others? And I know it might be easy to pick Cam Smith at 51, but being a corner, you know, they're pretty good at that position. And Joe Shad has a nice breakdown at PalmBeachPost.com about, you know, how some of these draft picks might affect veterans in the long run. So talk a little bit about that, you know, some of the effects that it'll have and who we might see more than others this year. Well, um, you know, at corner, I could see Smith seeing a a pretty good amount of action. Uh, You know, the Dolphins made a point during this draft of mentioning how um, it's, it's rare now that you only see four defensive backs on the field. Uh, more often than not, they might go with five or six, who knows? Um, so that would open the door for Smith to, to get on the field, not to mention, uh, the Dolphins just went through a really awful season with injuries in the secondary. And there were times that you kind of needed a roster to figure out who was back there trying to defend against a guy like Josh Allen. It, it was just kind of mind boggling how deep they had to go. So uh, anytime someone goes down, that opens the door that much more for Smith to get on the field. Um, You know, we talked about A-Chain. I think he's going to get on the field uh, at least a bit, if not more than just a bit, depending on A-Chain himself, really. So those are the two guys who are most likely to uh, make an impact. Were you surprised when it was all said and done that the Dolphins didn't use one of those four picks on a certain position. You know, you got a corner, a tight end, a running back, and an offensive lineman. Do, do you think maybe they should have looked at, you know, a second or third round edge rusher or something like that? Is there a position where you were surprised they didn't take? Uh, yeah, there in the uh, in the in the second round, the fifty first pick, I I would have. Uh, I'm not a betting man, but I would have, if I had to bet, uh, I would have said it's going to be a tight end. There were a few on the board at that point that were highly rated. And, you know, I I really thought that that's where they were going to go. Yeah. Well, you know, w- with Chris Greer, and like you said, he's he doesn't usually like uh, a lot of draft picks anyhow, or you know, he seems to trade them away and get veterans and things like that. He's been the general manager there for the Dolphins since 2016. You know, they they finally made the playoffs last year. They've had a winning record a couple of years in a row now. If they don't make the playoffs this year, if they don't get a berth, do you think his job starts to be in trouble? Because uh. You know, it it was a while before they were even winners, and now they made the playoffs. Of course, Tua was hurt last year. So uh, how how is Greer uh, as far as his future with the franchise? I think you need to look. Um, yeah, making the playoffs is, is sort of the bottom line, especially after they made the playoffs last year. But at the same time, you have to take into account how they failed to make it or how they did make it. Um, 
because you know what if what if God forbid right Tua goes down or Tyreek Hill somebody like that um, you got to take into account circumstances in any of these um, and so if there's sort of that gee I wonder what would have happened if kind of things if that's how the season ends then chances are Greer will get a pass. Uh, I won't say no matter what, but it'll certainly be taken into account by Stephen Ross. Um, if everything goes perfectly and they still don't make the playoffs and and the young guys don't look like they're panning out, I think that's a, really what it comes down to. You You have to look at his recent drafts and are they getting the Dolphins anywhere or aren't they? And, you know, uh, the other thing is, is we, we didn't see a lot of protection brought in for Tua. So it'll be, you know, hopefully he'll be able to stay upright. But that that actually plays right into what we're going to do next here, Hal. And I'm going to play a little game of Guess the Dolphins' Future with you, where I'm going to give you five questions or scenarios and get your thoughts on whether they will or won't happen or a yes and no answer. So are you ready to play Guess the Dolphins' Future? No. <laughs> All right. All right. You got me. Go ahead. Let's see. How All right. So here we go. Number one. Do you think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell can each have 1,000 yard receiving years this season? Oh, absolutely. No question. All righty. Number two. Does Tua Tungavailoa suffer another concussion this season? Uh, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say he probably does. Um, I'm not wishing it on him or anyone. I want to be clear about that, but, you know, he's had a few, he's learning how to fall. Um, yeah, I, I think you probably would have to say that there's a possibility it's going to happen again. And I agree with you. Certainly no one ever wishes that upon anybody, but seeing, you know, his size, what he went through last year, and I know they're trying to thicken his neck, teach him how to fall, change the helmet, but, you know, unfortunately, all it takes is one wrong hit or one wrong fall, and when you had two really bad ones last year, uh, you know, I, I agree with you there. So question number three, will Jalen Ramsey prove he's still one of the best corners in the league? I think so, yeah, um, and the reason is, uh, in part, uh Xavier Howard. And likewise, the reason I would say Xavier Howard is going to have a better season, one, he'll hopefully be healthy again this year. But I think that Jalen Ramsey will be part of the reason that Howard is better. They're going to be, those two guys are so competitive that they're going to be each trying to outdo the other. And in the process, that's going to make the Dolphins a tougher team to pass against. Absolutely. In fact, my prediction would be I think the Dolphins may have the uh, what would be considered the best defense in the league as far as keeping points scoring down, you know, average points given up per game. When you look at who they're going to be playing this year, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the division got tougher, but their overall schedule, schedule isn't, isn't the hardest I've seen in years. So, you know, I think that, you know, they're going to be in a lot of those close 17, 16 games, 20 to you know, 14 games, and they may only give up 17 or 18 points a game. So uh, so that, that's kind of my thoughts there. So question number four, will the Dolphins have a 1,000-yard rusher? 
Uh, I'm going to say no, only because they might well spread it so much uh, between Wilson, Mostert, and A-Chain that um, those guys might kind of cancel each other out in terms of thousand-yard rushers. Was uh, I'm trying to think, is Jay Ajayi the last thousand-yard running back that the Dolphins had, or has somebody had over a thousand yards since then? I, I can't think of anybody. Um, it's funny you should ask. Ajayi had 1272 in 2016, and you'd have to go back to two years prior. Lamar Miller had 1099, and then once you go back behind Miller, you're going way back into, you know, 1996. Ricky Williams was in there with, with a couple oh, yeah, of those Ricky. seasons in the 2000s, yeah. But anyhow, so yeah, it, it's been a while. And, uh, you know, I know I, Mike I was, McDaniel. Uh, I'm sorry, Sam. I, I was just going by guys that Miami drafted. That's, oh, that's gotcha. I was listing, yeah. they Obviously, okay. Reggie Bush and Ricky Williams would factor in, too. Sure, sure. You know, and, and it seems like Mike McDaniel, even from what, you know, when he was coming up in San Francisco, you know, they never really, you know, relied on one running back, obviously, until they got Christian McCaffrey, but that was after he was gone. But, uh, you know, it seems to be there, uh, you know, a, a philosophy there of, of utilizing multiple guys and, you know, having a third down back and, you know, a blocking fullback and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I don't think the Dolphins will have a 1,000 yard rusher. Now, here's the big money question number five. Do the Dolphins make the playoffs this year? I think they do. I think that uh, the AFC East is going to maybe supply three teams in the playoffs. Um, I think it's going to be one hell of a division to watch. I think that whoever wins a division is probably going to win it by a very slim margin, one game. Uh, I think that those teams are going to beat up on each other and uh, make each other better along the way. And it's just go anytime the Dolphins, Patriots, and Bills play each other in any matchup of those three, you care. It's going to be appointment viewing. And maybe the one thing all three of those teams can agree on is that it might be fun seeing who's in fourth place. Uh, <laughs> that, that team that usually is in first place will end up in fourth place this year. So do you think Aaron Rodgers still has enough left in the tank? Because last year they were truly a quarterback away and they couldn't even get competent quarterback play. I mean, they had a guy named Streveler playing against the Jaguars on a Thursday night. So, you know, Brees Hall is going to be back healthy. And what a rookie season he was having at running back for the Jets until he got hurt. So he's back, Aaron Rodgers, and that great defense. So, uh, you know, what, what do you think of the Jets? I think Aaron Rodgers might be a little bit better than Joe Flacco was against the Dolphins last year in the <laughs> last game. How about that? No, uh, Rodgers is going to do fine. He's going to be uh, a, a big upgrade for them. Uh, and you, you put that together with their defense, uh, the, the Jets are going to be in fine shape. Um, it, that uh, th That's what makes this division that much more fun. It's not just a two-team race. Anytime you get a three-team race in the NFL, that's where things really start to get interesting. Well, Lord knows the AFC East was a one-team race for about two decades, so it's nice to bring a little bit of that back, and the team that dominated 
they are generally picked uh, at fourth in New England. So, you know, going to be fun. You know, Hal, I can't wait to get things going. I know we've got, uh, you know, the the OTAs, the camps are going to be coming up at the end. The rookies will report next week and then the camp at the end of the month. And then we get a little bit of break until the season gets here, but it's going to go quick. So is there anything else that you want to add about the draft or the Dolphins before I let you go? Uh, Don't forget, before training camp, um, we also get that little thing going on in Canton, Ohio with a certain number 54, Zach Uh, Thomas, going into the Hall of Fame. And then we get that Hall of Fame game where we'll get to see Aaron Rodgers and the Jets as they take on the Cleveland Browns. So it's going to get here quick, isn't it? It will. Um, and and that's where things get interesting, I expect. Uh, there were some good crowds last year for Dolphin training camp, but I think uh, after coming off a playoff appearance and everything that uh, there'll be a little bit more buzz this year. And uh That'll be good for everybody. All righty. So, Hal, as always, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge. And uh, you can find all of your work, or people can find all of your work, at palmbeachpost.com. And then, of course, give them their your now blue checklist Twitter handle. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, Gunner Hal, G-U-N-N-E-R Hal. Uh, and, yeah, no, no check mark, but it really is me. So I don't think anyone is pretending to be me, but I know that I am really me. There you go. No fake Hal's out there. Well, Hal, again, I appreciate it. Try and get some uh, relaxation over the summer, and I can't wait to talk to you real soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All righty, and that's going to do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters. And to quote tennis great Arthur Ashe, success is a journey, not a destination. The doing is often more important than the outcome. So do your best and join us again next time. Mm